0: Welcome back to the Beyond Macros podcast. We are the Sustainable Transformation Nutrition Coaches, and our show will teach you how to make your transformation that lasts with episodes about nutrition, movement, and the art of inner work. Today's episode could not be more perfectly timed. Reader's Digest just released a laughable list of 14 exercises that are dangerous after 50. And in today's episode, we will be talking about how to stay fit and healthy for the long run through an amazing story of a man who hit an all-time PR powerlifting total on his 60th birthday at 1,000 pounds. For some icing on the cake, he also hit a strict muscle-up with a 35-pound rogue plate between his legs. And that Superman in his 60s, who is a total mad lad, according to Reader's Digest, happens to be my dad, Chris Walrath. Before we dive into his inspiring story, we have two awesome giveaways for you this week. As always, we are giving away our calorie and macro calculator worksheet free at beyondmacros.com slash worksheet. This week, we are also giving away the two books that have had a huge impact on our coaching style and that I believe you will love and benefit from on your path to making a sustainable transformation. One of those books is The Willpower Instinct, which influenced episode 46, and you can listen to it at beyondmacros.com slash 46. The other is The Power of Habit, which we alluded to way back in episode 13, And you can listen to that episode at beyondmacros.com slash 13. To enter the giveaway, just go to our website beyondmacros.com and click the banner at the top of the page to enter. You can get additional entries for subscribing to the show, listening to episode 46, and most importantly, sharing the giveaway or podcast episode with your friends. Now for this episode... We'll start by talking about my dad's motivation to hit a 1,000-pound powerlifting total, despite the fact that he's not a powerlifter. He'll tell us about his path to getting there, and he'll drop some wisdom about how to stay motivated and fit even after society says you can get senior discounts on movie tickets and retire. When I asked him what the purpose of this 1,000-pound challenge was, his answer surprised me. I just started a new
1: uh, round with Ray and Beyond Macros.
0: And I had gone through
1: all the endurance things and trying to lose weight, maintain strength. And then I was looking online for different things to improve strength. And I saw a couple things. And when I was doing the research, I saw an article about Hugh Jackman and how this guy who's 6'2", 230 pounds, how strong he is, and he's fitter than 99.9% of the men his age. And I looked and said, well, how old is Hugh Jackman? And he was 46 at the time. I think this is in 2015 when he did it and it said he did a thousand pound lift uh, if i remember he did like a 355 pound squat which would have been way over what i've ever done a uh, 235 pound bench press which was probably close to where it was and a 410 pound deadlift which was a little bit over where i was but i knew i could do better so i thought wow well, if he can do that at 46 I'm going to try to do it on my 60th birthday. No other reason just to do that on my 60th birthday. Yeah. So I started training for
0: it. Before we get into the process he went through to achieve the goal, I think it's important to give you a little background on my dad. He was a Division I All-American baseball player at Seton Hall University, and after graduating, played for the West Palm Beach Expo's minor league team over the summer. You might think that that means he lifted a ton of weight and took a bit of vitamin S, but that just wasn't the culture in the sport at the time. And this is where the story of his quest for a 1,000-pound powerlifting total on his 60th birthday really begins. By
1: far, I'm more fit now than I was as a baseball player. A baseball player is by nature... Well, nowadays it's different because people are into working out, but when I was in college... There are a lot of fat baseball players. They just have to have great arms or had great hand-eye coordination, so they can hit a ball a mile. Um, some of them could run fast and can do other things, but you didn't have to be in shape because the furthest you ran pretty much was ninety feet. You know, you know, double maybe you have to go one hundred and eighty feet with a little arc. Maybe that's hundred or two hundred feet. So yeah. you didn't have to be in shape. I loved being in shape. I would. With my college coach used to require us to run a mile. And the only requirement was you had to do it in eight minutes. And I thought, who can't run a mile in eight minutes? But there were half the team that couldn't do it, the big pitchers who just struggled. So I wanted, of course, to be the fastest. And I ran a mile and four minutes and 50 seconds on the track that was the old Madison Square Garden track at Seton Hall. And uh, my my college roommate was a half-miler on the track team at Seton Hall. And he said, you ought to go run. Middle distances. <laughs> I had no interest in doing it. Yeah. But that was it. So we stayed in shape by having to run a one eight minute mile in the beginning of the year and a one minute, one eight minute mile at the end of the year. Nothing in between. Whatever we did was baseball related. Go to the batting cages, shag some flies, mm-hmm. take some ground balls. There's no lifting. And it was always because they thought that you would do damage to your. I guess the muscles and tissue that would help you throw, hit,
0: run. Interestingly, my dad mentioned something in passing about his experience in the miners all the way back in 1980 that I think affected his ability to reach his goal of a 1,000 pounds powerlifting total 38 years later. So when I got down there,
1: I worked hard, but I realized the guys that they're going to progress through the organization are all... Guys, they have to make progress because they paid them bonuses. So I didn't, I didn't really think there was gonna be opportunity, and probably it was a mindset. And I came back home and just said I didn't, didn't like it. So for anyone who really wants to, you, you gotta work hard. I wanted it, but I it was just a mindset. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't think I would make it, and therefore I gave up. So maybe that fuels me in some of my goals now.
0: I can attest from the sidelines, that seed of motivation was there. But I didn't see that seed start to grow until my dad started CrossFit at age 52. Growing up, I feel as though my dad pushed me in baseball so I'd have the opportunity he missed. And during that time, he was actually in the worst shape of his life.
1: Probably right after all the kids were born and I was... at. the probably at the, I will not say difficult time in my career, but you know, you're in your mid thirties, you're in a law firm, you know, people want you to work 60, 70 hours a week, not work, bill 60 hours a week, which means you gotta be there longer. I didn't want my kids to feel like it wasn't part of their life. Um, I was eating fast food. I grew up kinda at the stage where high school, fast food became big, McDonald's, so fast food was probably part of my diet. A normal part of my diet, um, and I just found that not necessarily gaining a ton of weight, but looking bloated, feeling tired. If somebody said, "Let's go play basketball," I'd go and I'd I'd run up and down the court, and I thought, "Oh my gosh, I can't do this anymore. What's wrong with me?" Um, and then, so that was the worst shape I was in. But probably when I hit my fifty, like fifty or fifty-one. Was probably the worst shape from a mental standpoint because I thought that's it. I've hit 50. Everything's downhill from here. Mm. Not in a good way. Yeah. So mentally, I was ready to to say, all right, you know, it is what it is. You know, I got this. These genes. Um, my parents lived a certain time. That's what's going to happen to me.
0: My dad made the mistake of mentioning that piss-poor mindset to me, and I immediately knew I had to fix it. And that mistake became a massive opportunity for him. You actually got me a Christmas gift of training
1: through CrossFit. And I think at the time I was 52, right? 52. So, and, and I can't remember the conversation we had. But I think I mentioned something to you about being on the downside, and you had nothing to do with that. You have nothing to do with it. So at Christmas time, I got this gift, and it's been a life changer.
0: That was almost eight years ago. And that's about the time I saw that seed of motivation to achieve the goals he sets really start to germinate. My dad followed a fairly typical progression of falling in love with CrossFit and eventually moved towards nutrition coaching with Beyond Macro's Coach Ray. In the beginning, uh, I have to tell you, that
1: when I went to the box, it was more of, oh, i got to go there today. Um, i got to go do this. And then it became, I can't wait to do this. I want to do this. And in the beginning, my eating habits weren't really changing. I thought, this is great. I'm burning all these calories. I can eat all this crap food. This is perfect. What a way to live. Uh, And then maybe at six months or a year into it, I thought, this is not really gonna be good for me. So I started slowly changing the way I ate. Not really much thought into it, Matt, other than maybe I shouldn't eat the fast food. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't eat as much sugar as I do. Things of that nature. Um, It wasn't until maybe two years ago, really, when I started doing the counting macros, I realized there's something to it and it works. And to this day, I can't imagine actually not doing
0: that. It really has become a way of life. He gets emails from Under Armour with how long he's managed to keep a streak of tracking in MyFitnessPal, which is over 760 days. And I can't walk into our home gym, CrossFit Shrewsbury, without hearing a story from other members and coaches about how inspiring my dad is. But competing in CrossFit led to some mistakes where he pushed the weights with poor form at high intensity and that aggravated some old injuries. He sees these injuries as blessings because after getting both hips replaced, his mindset changed. CrossFit has become a tool in his toolkit for staying fit for life. And CrossFit exposed him to powerlifting and gymnastics, which he now loves. So after the hip replacement, He set some new goals other than beating 20-year-olds in the group class wad. First was to hit that 1,000 pounds powerlifting total over the course of one hour on his 60th birthday. And second is to get 10 strict muscle-ups. This is what that path looked like. I spent a good
1: seven months training, and I trained anywhere between three and five days a week. Not all those three movements, but a lot of accessory work to build up the muscles that help, you know, produce the extra weightlifting. Uh, It was was fun, because it wasn't crossfit, (laughs) where I'm lying on the floor at the end, and so rewarding because as a young person, I was taught don't lift weights, especially as a baseball player, because weights were gonna hurt your shoulder, you wouldn't have the same range of motion, uh, so we never lifted weights. So for me, everything was a PR. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd do 265 on a back squat. And oh my gosh, I can't believe I did 265 on a back squat. And then the next week was 267 or 268. And So every week for me was excitement. Yeah. So maybe somebody who's younger, they might not have the same excitement. For me, every single day, it was exciting going into the gym.
0: In addition to his lifting program, which was written by Beyond Macro's client and coach in training, Steve McDonald. My dad used the practice of journaling to stay motivated and he put every workout in his calendar to stay on track. I was stoked to hear he used the Mind Muscle Project training journal that I got him for Christmas to keep track of his progress and stay accountable.
1: Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. It kind of made me, it just, every day I took it with me to work. If I was on a conference call then I might have been bored of, or just had some free time, I'd flip through and I'd write down. Um, It's funny because I found out that it was just like growing up a Catholic when I go to confession. I have to make up lies. (laughs) (laughs) In my journal, I had to make up my uh, negatives. Because I realized I was getting stronger, not physically but mentally, but I felt like I had to write something down. So I said, oh my negative today was I just had a bad
0: mindset or something like that yeah but that's pretty funny that's awesome because you were just so excited about going to the gym every day that it was like huh there's not too much bad it's not in the forefront
1: that's exactly there was nothing negative I scheduled it in my work day yeah uh, because I knew that I couldn't do it during the classes because I didn't want to disrupt class yeah and I knew Steve McDonald would be there at 5.30 and he was helping me with the training so I'd go there and I'd set that in my calendar at the office. I had to leave here by 4 30, 4 45 to get to that warm up. So it was probably, I hope I have more things to do like that yeah. because
0: it really kept me focused. My dad actually hit his thousand pound club lifts about two months before his birthday and he was confident. I was getting so
1: strong. I was progressing so quickly yeah. that I went from a 225 max back squat to a 295 and maybe four weeks of training. And I did this formula, how they multiply the number of times you do it, and divide, I forgot the actual calculation. I thought that I'd be able to back squat 365 pounds.
0: So far, the story seems pretty linear. Set a goal, train, track, eat well, and magically the goal is reached. But my dad's path, like any hero's journey, was littered with obstacles. The first major one was a knee injury, which affected his ability to continue squatting. It started with a knee that had a meniscus tear cleaned up. But his doctor said even with the pain of bone-on-bone contact, he should continue to work through it or risk losing mobility in the joint and making things worse. And then the pain progressed. Not only the one that had the meniscus uh, cleaned out,
1: which was my right knee, but my left knee had some tenderness. And I was kind of like the fatty issue on the top of the knee. Yeah. And my research said it was pretty much just inflammation and, you know, you can work through it, but you don't want to keep going too far below parallel with heavy weights. So I did box squats and I did that probably for a good, I want to say six week training program. I forgot about that. I'm glad you mentioned it. Yeah. Uh, so six weeks prior to, I had to give up my normal training cycle and go modified box squats, Yeah, but it was helpful.
0: So when the 364th day of my dad's 59th year came, he slept like crap. All that confidence he had a few months prior started to fade. I didn't sleep well.
1: It's crazy. <laughs> it has nothing,
0: no meaning to anybody
1: in the world but me. And I still felt like I was nervous. I woke up early. I didn't know what to eat for breakfast. I asked Yuji, what should I eat? How should I eat throughout the period, Um, and I was, at that point, it was the first time I thought I might not hit a 1,000. That bothered me.
0: That feeling lasted until he got to the gym. When I got to the gym, I
1: forgot everything else and realized I can do this.
0: The squat was the one lift that worried him, but the warm-up had him feeling confident again.
1: I warmed up. I think I did four or five at 275. I thought, oh, I got this. I, all I need to do is get 300 pounds. If I need 300 pounds, I knew I could get a bench, and I knew my
0: deadlift was going to come through. He hit 305 pounds on the back squat, which is actually just under his PR. And he had all the confidence going into the bench press after hitting a PR during testing week. But again, the hero's journey is littered with obstacles meant to test their will. Oh
1: bench press I thought I was going to kill because <laughs> my max was 265, uh, maybe two, no, 265, so I thought I was going to be getting 265, and when I warmed up, I hit the lighter weights pretty easy, and I got the uh, 245 and hit it like no problem, arms locked out, so we went right to 260, and I failed, so then that's when we decided to drop back to 250 because I think your coaching was, Dad, you can do 250, you just got 305, you can pull 445 on the deadlift. I wasn't that confident.
0: (laughs) 445 pounds was an aggressive target. I was honestly sweating, pacing, and on the verge of throwing up with how nervous I was while he was getting ready to step up to the bar. My dad was a bit nervous himself. Three
1: weeks before, I had done a deadlift workout as part of my training. And I was feeling really strong that day. And in fact, the training ended up with five at 405, touch sure. and go. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is, doesn't even feel heavy. So instead of progressing, like maybe to put 415 on the bar, 425, I went right to 450. And I was excited. I had somebody get the camera out ready to videotape it. Like, oh, I'm going to do this, it's going to be fantastic. And I went down and I pulled the bar and it didn't move. <laughs> 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 so in the back of my head, I thought, 4.45 is only 5 pounds lighter than that bar I couldn't even move off the ground. Yeah. There's a shot that I might not do this. But it wasn't in my head as soon as I... And once I took all that air inside and I pushed my uh, belly out into that, that belt, I knew I had it. Yeah, I picked it up. That was not going back down. Yeah.
0: When my dad hit that 445 pound deadlift with ease, we all exploded with excitement, and I never actually had the opportunity to ask my dad how he felt in that moment until now. Awesome! <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I was. I
1: almost cried. I was yeah. like, wow! I just did a thousand pounds on my 60th birthday. Yeah. And I'm five feet nine, 170, 168 to 170
0: pounds. So I good. that's pretty good for a small guy. I just want to point out the understatement my dad just made. It's not only good for a small guy, but it would have been a New Jersey state record bench and deadlift for his age division. Now for all that excitement, any athlete knows there is always a void once you hit your goal. And he felt a little bit down because the process was over. The key I was like, wow, that's that's it. But the positive was I had
1: a second goal, which I haven't hit yet. It's to do 10 strict muscle-ups. So I knew that I couldn't stop. And I also wanted to maintain my strength. So I'm trying to program where I can keep my strength up and still train
0: for the gymnastics. He's at eight strict muscle-ups now. Both of us hear people in their 30s talking about how things just don't work anymore. So I asked my dad what he would tell someone half his age who feels like it's all downhill from here.
1: Well, they're wrong. Uh, in fact, it's uh, probably the worst attitude you can have, but they don't know any better. Um, yeah, you, your productivity drops when you get into your 30s, but that doesn't mean you stop doing it. And you can have your own, your own PRs or whatever motivates you to stay in shape. But I, I think that whatever I tell some of the young people at the box, who are in their 30s, who are starting to have families and kids, I'll say to them what my father told me, which was the best thing he ever told me. He said, never get out of shape. Always find some time for you for you to stay in shape. I didn't know about healthy eating. I thought you could eat, as long as you weren't eating too many calories, you would be okay. I've learned differently now. But if they can just keep moving, don't, once you sit, it's easy to sit. We all know that. Um, so that's the only advice I give. Them. Don't stop. And when you, if you have aches and pains, yeah, you can have aches and pains. You can, and if they're injuries, you got to take care of them. You can't fight through an injury. if okay. they're not injuries, just aches and pains, we'll move. Every every doctor, every surgeon I've been to said. In fact, my hip surgeon said, and my knee guy, as I mentioned, don't stop moving. Don't stop working out. As soon as you do that, you're going to your muscles will atrophy, and then your joints will have to support. We won't have support the support they need.
0: I was also curious what kept my dad motivated to train even after a number of injuries, ranging from a double hip replacement to minor inflammation around the knee.
1: Well, I think the the motivation is part vanity. You know, I want to I look good and I want to stay in shape. Um, and part that <clears throat> we're, we're going to live a certain age. And sometimes I think I don't really have much control over what age I live to. I do, but maybe not that much. But I want to live healthy and active until that day I'm gone. Yeah. So I'd rather live to 80 and be doing what I'm doing now and enjoying all of it and being excited about it than live to 95 with 15 years of, I can't move.
0: And the thing about the injuries is that he just takes the time to rehabilitate them carefully. He's diligent about physical therapy and gets to the gym early to warm up with some prehab. And he also modifies movements that could aggravate the injury. He'll do strict movements instead of kipping. And ultimately, a few injuries along the way is better than the alternative. I think the heavy back squatting for such a long period of time to meet my
1: 1,000-pound goal may have had something to do with the aches and pains. But I'm also 60. And I'm also putting weight on my back. So I'd rather have that than sit on a couch watching TV all day long because... You know my personality, you put a golf match on there, I might sit there for six hours. <laughs> <laughs> and sleep before it.
0: <laughs> that's
1: exactly right. So that's really how i dealt with it, you know? Yeah. Don't want to be sedentary.
0: And lastly, I asked my dad if his brother had that mindset of, it's all downhill from here, why even try, that he had when he turned 50, how would he support his brother? But I would just take them to the box and say, let's just do something slow. And don't
1: check your ego at the door. Just go in there. If the first day means you can do 10 push-ups and do the assault bike for two minutes, and that's it, hey, it's more than you did yesterday. Yeah. And every day it'll get better and better. And I've had, there's been some new members at uh, CrossFit Shrewsbury that have come in, and and they're they're in like their early 50s, maybe mid-50s. And Remy, who's a great guy, Remy... Drags him over to me, said, how, how old do you think this guy is? this said, 50? Said he's 60 years old, and he can do strict muscle-ups, all this, and 10 years ago, he couldn't do that.
0: So if you have someone in your life who feels like there's just no point, someone who seems to have thrown up their hands and just given up, or even someone who has never exercised but needs it now more than ever if they want to live to play with their grandchildren Please share this podcast episode with them I know firsthand how hard it is to motivate your family to take their fitness seriously Especially when you're younger than they are With family it can create tension where you're trying to motivate them from a place of love And they feel like you are being critical of them or not accepting their struggles But now you can use my dad's story as inspiration for someone who is in his shoes If you're interested in being inspired and watching my dad's journey to 10 strict muscle-ups, you can follow him on Instagram at chriswalrath58. And if you're on the Apple Podcast app, look under the volume controls and hit that share button. You can text or email this show to whoever you think it will help. You can also snap a screenshot of your podcast player and post it to your Instagram story or Facebook. Just tag at Beyond Macros to be featured on our page. Thanks for listening. And I look forward to seeing you again next week with an episode about the calories in, calories out equation and how your brain affects your ability to regulate appetite with Dr. Ben House, who you've probably heard me reference numerous times on this show. Much love, Beyond Macronians.